You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, friend. October is birthday month at the Life Repurposed Podcast, not because it's my birthday, but because it's the birthday of the podcast. So the first episode aired three years ago. And so this week I'm doing a couple of extra bonus episodes for you featuring a couple of the guests that have appeared on the show over these last couple of years. And they're back for an encore interview to give a little update and also to talk about their chapters in the Life Repurposed book. One of the unique things that I've had the opportunity to do is to collaborate with some of the same people who have been guests on this show as well. This week, I have Joni Shahan. She is the author of the book, In Her Shoes, Dancing in the Shadow of Cancer. She talks about that in our first interview, which was episode number, I have to look here, it was number 15. So Joni was on episode number 15 of Life Repurposed, and now she is back on episode number 115. And I did not look at those two numbers until I sat down to do this recording right here. So I think it's really cool that 100 episodes later, she's back for an encore performance on the show. So I'm going to share her interview with you here. And then at the end of the show, I will give you a link to the show notes where you can find her book and other resources and get her chapter in the Life Repurpose book as well. So without further ado, here's my interview with Joni Shahan. Thank you for joining me today, Joni. I'm so excited to have you with me. Thank you, Michelle. I am so glad to be with you today. And I'm very excited about our book, Life Repurposed. Yes. So you have a chapter in there. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, I want to know if we went out for breakfast in your community, where would you take me? Oh, I'd pay the bill. I'll pay the bill. You just take me there. (laughs) Let's see. Probably some nice downtown hotel that has a beautiful brunch. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Brunch and coffee. Yes. Yes. Some quiche or something like that. Yeah. Someday we'll do that again. I I only live a few hours. For those listening in, I don't live that far from Joni. Maybe three and a half hours to drive. Mm -hmm. So one of these days, I'll just hop in my car and drive down for brunch. (laughs) I'd love it. (laughs) Might be a long day. I'd love it. I could listen to an audio book in the car on the way. That would be fun. Yes. So in your chapter in the book, Life Repurposed, you talked about being a caregiver for your best friend Mm -hmm. and how you were roommates and you were working as a registered nurse. Now, that's about all I'm going to give of your story because then everybody can read the full story in the book. But I do want you to talk about being a caregiver. And first, I want you to tell us what one of the struggles that you had in the midst of that was, even though there were aspects of caregiving that were pure joy for you. I think my biggest struggle was as my best friend got sicker and sicker, she could do less and less. And I was working 12-hour shifts as a nurse. And so I felt just really squeezed. And I didn't have enough time to do anything well. I didn't have enough time to be with her and take care of her. I didn't have enough time for my work. And it got to the place where I didn't even have any space for me. 
And there were times Mm -hmm. I would leave to run an errand and I would just go and sit on a park bench for 15 minutes just so I could breathe. And I think that's the one of the hardest challenges because I felt guilty. I felt guilty for Mm -hmm. leaving. I felt guilty for not being enough. For those listening, there are so many different kinds of caregivers. Some are caregivers for a spouse, some are for a parent, and some for friends. Some might be working on a um, for a company where they go in and, and do caregiving during the day. Yours was unique in that you were living in the same house mm-hmm. as your best friend. You were roommates, too. So... I can I can imagine then that you didn't have that space. It isn't like a job where you check mm-hmm. out and then you go home at the end of the day. Yes. So what were some of the things that you did in addition to finding the park bench that were ways that you could refresh? She was very, very gracious, um, even in the middle of her pain, which was a real gift to me. And sometimes she would just say, come and sit in the room and pick out a movie to watch. And we'll watch mm-hmm. a movie together. And that was just really relaxing because I enjoyed watching movies. And so we would watch a movie together. At one point in time, I started reading to her and we would read books together. And that was really, really fun. And I would read till my voice was hoarse. <laughs> and <she'd, laughs> and I, I just can't read anymore. And she says, Okay, but you can't cheat. (laughs) No reading ahead. (laughs) So there were things like that, even in the midst of the caregiving, that were almost breaks. And Mm -hmm. so that was those things were real blessings. I love that part of your story also is that your friend was a spiritual mentor to you. So how did that change the caregiving experience in that she was also ministering to you? I just... I was amazed that she could still minister to me. She was in a lot of pain. And even in the middle of the pain, she was sensitive to me. She was sensitive Mm -hmm. to what I needed. Um, If something was going on in my life, she was willing to listen. She'd pray for me. And so it was never um, totally a one-way street. We, you know, I helped her and she helped me and, we, we shared we shared a lot together, and she was my best friend. So that made a lot of difference. There was something you mentioned in your story about how you came to a point of where you were having kind of a spiritual crisis, and you discovered that there was something that helped you, and it was with your mental focus. What did you do? I was very frustrated because of her pain, and nothing I could do could relieve it. And I was in the living room praying. And I just felt like my prayers weren't even going through the ceiling. And I'm sure many people Mm -hmm. have felt that way. And all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord spoke to me, gratitude. And I'm like, gratitude? (laughs) And I literally had, I, I was not grateful for anything. And I literally had to look around and say, God, Okay, thank you for my eyes that I can see, that I have legs to walk, that I have a job, an income, a roof over my head. I literally had to look around the room to to start because I was so um, caught in that despair and that negativity. Mm. I'm trying to imagine 
finding gratitude in the middle of something difficult like that. Because for me, too, it would be like I'd have to start with something basic. It isn't like we're overflowing with gratitude for hardship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you also thank God for the hardship or was that an even harder leap for you? That was a harder leap for me. And I, at that point, I could not make that leap. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I could either. Yeah, to be honest, it was the gratitude, just the whole at, idea of gratitude was just a beginning step for me. Yeah. So now looking back, do you, do you see it differently when you look at, you know, looking back, can you, do you see gratitude for things that you didn't see in that moment? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I am so grateful for the friendship and as hard as things were in her, in her sickness, um, I would do it again. Mm. <laughs> I, I think I'm crazy, <laughs> but, but I would, I would, um, I would do it again because there were so many blessings in that friendship mm. and so many ways that, that God used her to minister to me and to many other people. And she was also the one who really taught me about joy and that you can have joy in the midst of pain. And even though, and there were times I experienced that, but not like she did. And that was also another opening for me that of, of joy. There are people like that in our lives where I just look at them like, I don't know where it comes from. That's why the Bible calls it a peace that passes understanding. Because mm-hmm. I don't understand where the joy comes from in the middle of some of the biggest struggles. Mm-hmm. And I love that we have people like that mm-hmm. that are examples. Because I tend to go to the stinky attitude mm-hmm. first. Joy comes yeah. later. So I love that you had that example. You are a joyful person from every encounter I've had with you, Joni. So clearly there is joy in your soul as well. Now, I know more of your story and our listeners don't, but I know that you are an ovarian cancer survivor and you had been working as a nurse when you were caregiving for your friend. So was your ovarian cancer after that? Yes, it was um, three years later. So then you had your own journey, your own health crisis to walk through. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from being a caregiver that you brought into your own health crisis? I think one of the biggest things I learned, I saw all the pain and all the crisis that she went through. And it's like, I can do this. And and sometimes I look at her example, I look at what she went through, and it's and I can say I can do this when I see what she had gone through. It's like she paved a way for me. It wasn't just the end of the road. You're a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. You turned that into a way to help other people. Tell us about the book that you wrote. I wrote a book called Inner Shoes, Dancing in the Shadow of Cancer, and it's my cancer story as well as the stories of 11 other women with various cancers. And I wrote the book because when I was going through cancer and chemotherapy, I there was no one for me to talk to. There was no Gildas Club. There were no group support groups. And I wanted to offer something to women um, to give them the help I would have liked to have had when I was going through Um, cancer and chemotherapy and to let them know that they're not alone in their journeys. You have some practical applications in the book too. It isn't just about stories. What are some of the tools and resources that you included? 
Um, some of the things would be like how to deal with nausea, how to deal with fatigue, um, what you need to talk to your doctor about when you go to chemotherapy, um, what to know about shaving your head and getting a wig. Um, so different helps like that just to give people some encouragement. The Life Repurpose book is part of a bigger vision that I have for encouraging people. And that is for people to see how God shows up in the middle of those difficult times. You've talked about how in being a caregiver, God showed up going through cancer. You talk about how he showed up in your book. What is your perspective on difficulty now as you look into the future? Has going through this stuff changed your outlook? Um, I, I'm still working on that. We all are works in progress, Joni. <laughs> but, we all are. But um, I, I think I am able to approach the Lord better with what's going on, with maybe a little more trust um, than I had before, uh, which has always been hard. Trust has been a hard issue for me. So I think I can a- approach the Lord more with, with trust. Um, I'm also reminded of what someone once said, oh, I've got a problem. Oh, good. That means God's going to do something. And I try to remember (laughs) that because sometimes I'm not sure he's going to do something, but he will. And I have to remember that that God is the answer to to whatever problems that we that we face. And and I've gone through some of these things and and I made it through and I will make it through again. That's good, though, for us to think about that, because there are so many times we don't know what he's going to do. So we want the why. We want the answers. Mm -hmm. And those sometimes don't even come, like, sometimes they don't come ever. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's way later. And so just trusting in the middle, knowing that he knows the bigger picture and we can't see it. What would you say to somebody who is a caregiver right now? What's the heart of the message you'd want to send their way? I think I'd want to tell them that they're not alone, that there are many people on this journey and it feels very much alone. Um, But you're really not alone and that God is with them on this journey and that he will give them the grace. If they look to him, he will give them the grace to do whatever they, whatever they need to do. And maybe they need to start with just being thankful for things around them and for their lives and when it's a caregiving somebody that you really love and you really care about, to be thankful that God brought that person into their lives and all the blessings that that person has, um, the ways that God has used them to bless them. That's hard, especially when you're caring for somebody in end of life. And you cared for your friend right up until the end of her mm-hmm. life. I remember um, looking back at like when my mother-in-law passed away. Sometimes when the caregiving years are long, it's hard to remember Mm -hmm. beyond Mm -hmm. those and go past. So by telling your friend's story and by telling how how your life has been changed because of hers, you keep alive the memories from before Mm -hmm. and not just the ones in the hardest part of her life. Can you think back to something from way back early in your friendship that you can remember that brings joy to you right now? I think about how much she loved roller coasters and I'm terrified of heights and she would go on every roller coaster 
and she loved water rides and we would take her to the amusement parks and, and um, a couple friends and I would lift her into the, the car and she'd have to be in the front. And I was chicken. <laughs> I'd have to be as far back as I could get. I have to be on the ground. <laughs> That's where I have to be. And, and she would just, she would just scream in an ecstasy going down the water rides as the water is just splashing her in the face and soaking her clothes. And I'm glad I'm behind her and she's taking the brunt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That, that takes a special person to be able to do a roller coaster because uh, I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> yes. And she had such a sense of adventure. I mean, for being, yeah. for being, um, handicapped like she was she had such a sense sense of adventure and she wasn't afraid <laughs> great example for all of us mm -hmm. Joni where can somebody find you online where can they find your book um, my website is www.jonishawhand.com um, there's a link on my website to my book and it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all right. And I'll make sure I link up in the notes as well so that people can find you. What would you like to leave with our listeners today? It's never too late to start a journey of gratitude and start where you are. Don't feel like it, you've blown it and you can't move forward, but just start being grateful. And I listened to somebody speak and he said, gratitude is mental health. And I had to really ponder that one. To give thanks in all things is is part of good mental health. And I, I'm I'm still pondering that and trying to give thanks. And and I know it makes a difference. Yeah. Thank you for those words of wisdom and thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Michelle. was a little bit of crackling in Joni's microphone that I was not able to edit out. But thank you for listening because I think Joni had such a heartfelt message that I didn't really want to miss it. If you'd like to get her book or a link to anything we talked about in the episode, like the Life Repurposed book, you will find that in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 115. Or if you want to know more about the Life Repurposed book, you'll just find that at liferepurposedbook.com. And there's a link there to where you can get the print version or the ebook version or the audiobook version if you like to listen instead of read books. So those are all there and available for you. I am going to be back tomorrow with another episode with another encore presentation from a Life Repurposed guest. So I'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.